Get up, Flyer fans. It's the show just for you. Flyer Feedback, presented by Bud Light. Flyer Feedback is brought to you by Flanagan's Pub on Stewart Street in Dayton. Stop by after the game for delicious food and 24 beers on tap. Bud Light, keep it crisp with Bud Light. Frickers, for over 30 years, has been the home of fun, food, sports, and spirits. And by Flyer Spirit. Stop on over to Flyer Spirit on Brown Street and show off your Flyer pride. Go UD. Call in with your comments or questions. 457-1290. Flyer feedback on 1290 and 95.7 WHIL. Dayton's News and Talk. Hey, everybody. The Dayton Flyers win and advance. Can you dig it? I'm not really sure how many times, how many more times we're going to be able to use that one this year. We'll see what happens going forward. But 84-72, the final from the Richmond Rams home caffeinasium in Richmond, Virginia. Dayton, a 12-point winner over the Rhode Island Rams, that version of the Rams. And uh, John Bedell and John Tisdale here with you for Flyer Feedback, which is sponsored by Flanagan's Pub and Bud Light. And Flanagan's on Stewart Street is now hiring, and they are now finished with upgrades to create that same Flyer faithful experience you've grown accustomed to since 1976. Want to join the team? Apply at flanagansdayton at gmail.com. Little Birdie told me, and Flanagans is open. And by Little Birdie, I mean I know for a fact they're open. Uh, So go check out our friends at Flannies. Uh, We're sad we can't be there in person this year with COVID, but we are thankful uh, for their support all season long here on Flyer Feedback. It's John Bedell and John Tisdale here with you for feedback as we await the live postgame comments of head coach Anthony Grant, which will probably be a little longer than usual today, not because Anthony's eating anybody's lunch or anything like that. We've had situations like that this year, but because when you reach conference tournament time, you've got uh, extended uh, media obligations in terms of postgame press conference procedures. Probably, John, I would think a little more expeditious than usual, Tizzy, because it's all virtual instead yeah. of having to you know, go yeah. to the dais and have everybody in the room and all that. Uh, but still, it, we expect Anthony to take a little longer than usual because we're now uh, in a 10 conference play. So tomorrow, it will be another rubber match. Well, not a rubber match because Dayton's lost the first two. It'll be another time Dayton's seen a uh, Rams team for the third time. Today, it was Rhodey. For the third time this season, tomorrow, it'll be uh, the VCU Rams, a team that Tiz has had Dayton's number and has smoked the Flyers both times they've played them this year. But you turn the page, it's a new season. Who knows what's going to happen tomorrow? But hard to be upset with this one. Dayton started slow. Uh, I was not inspired with a whole lot of confidence to begin this game. Uh, But in the end, a 12-point win, and your veterans do their thing. Ibby Watson, who, as we've talked about all year on this show, is a walking bucket, gets 25. He leads all scorers with 25 on the afternoon. There was points, Tiz, where it just didn't look like he could miss from beyond the arc. No. Jalen Crutcher adds 14. And the most encouraging thing to me was that your young guns stepped up and combined for 39 points between yeah. Mustafa Amzil, Zimwil Keji, Kobe Brea, and R.J. Blakeney. Mustafa leading the way with 14. Zim added 9. Kobe had 8. R.J. Blakeney had 8 as well. Again, 39 points, Tiz, from your freshman class. That's getting it done from the young guys. Yeah, absolutely. There's no question about it. The reason, John, that Dayton was able to put this game away 
was because of the play of their freshman. I mean, yet Kobe Bray had played eight, uh, 16 minutes, 8 points, and 6 rebounds. You have Zimmy MWKG, 9 points at 20 minutes. Nice highlight reel dunk also. R.J. Blatney, second straight game he started. 8 points in 17 minutes. Got 4 rebounds as well. And then Mustafa Amzio. Look, I think he's played well since... Uh, since he uh, got out of the starting lineup, and I think it was the slew game where he's where he was not starting. I believe that was MLKG who uh, took in, took his starting spot, and then of course now it's RJ Blakeney. But now Amzio, um, fourteen points in nineteen minutes. I thought he played well. I thought when Ibby Watson hit that four point play, I thought that was the moment where you started to see this team gel. And then of course he had a highlight reel dunk as well. And then Crutcher, 14 points. Roddy Chapman, quietly, a nice game. He's starting to settle back down after being out for a period of time. Uh, He played 29 minutes, but he also had seven assists. 19 assists for this team, only nine turnovers. And I'll go back to the last, the really back of the first half. It was Dayton's lead was down to 32-31. John, the last three possessions of the first half, Ibby Watson with a three. Um, Zio hits two free throws. Dayton gets a stop. And Jalen Crutcher goes Jalen Bernard Crutcher to end the first half with a three. It's 40-31. Look, Rhode Island made a comeback. You know, uh, I thought when Alan Bertrand got hurt for URI, and, that, and the injury did not look good, not at all. Um, he had 10 points, played well. But I thought when Bertrand got hurt, I thought that was really the last point for the Rams because they were shorthanded already. Uh, Shepard, their other guard, was not available today. They had some other injuries. That's Russell, I know, was dealing with some issues as well. But Dayton was able to uh, take care of business and put the game away uh, in the uh, in the second half, especially after Rody got got within one point a couple of times. And against a Rody team that, of course, lest we forget, uh, Dayton blew an 18 point lead with less than 10 minutes to go in that last meeting. You might remember uh, after it was from a bucket. Speaking of uh, from one of the young guns, I believe it was R.J. Blakeney scored a bucket to put them up 58 uh, 40. Correct. Uh, back in February, they were up. 58-40 with 9.44 left. And, of course, as we know, Dayton blew that lead. So anytime Dayton pulled away and got a little bit of a lead today, you're thinking, oh, God, don't, don't blow it against this Rams team again. Uh, but as Larry kept mentioning, you know, they just now is not the time. Uh, with that knee injury, it looked like he might have hyperextended it, Tizzy, when he went to plant. Um, you know, now is not the time for sympathy. It is no mercy, no prisoners, foot on the gas, and just bury the Rams. Let's not even open the door. Uh, for them to climb back in. You just take the window and you slam it shut on their fingertips as they're trying to crawl back in. Uh, And they did that today because you put them away by 12. And um, good to see because, you know, you and I have talked about for many, many weeks, and I know a lot of Dayton fans have have felt the same way too because I've talked to them and texted with them and all these things, is that we have had no idea what to expect from this Dayton team for weeks now. They are the most... Jekyll and Hyde, they're a total crapshoot, however you want to phrase it. You just never know which Dayton team is going to show up. And we said on Monday, Tiz, wrapping up the regular season after St. Bonaventure, I would not be and still will not be surprised at literally any result Dayton has in this tournament. We sat here Monday and said, now, could they go there and fall flat on their faces against Rhode Island? Yes, but also... If they can get their you-know-what together for probably the first time this season, are they good enough to go win three straight and get themselves a de facto home game with an auto bid to the NCAA tournament on the line? Also, yes, because they've been just that bad and just that good at all kinds of different points this season. Um, They've only won three straight, I think, what, once this year? 
Maybe twice, I think. Let me pull up the schedule and double check because they're, yeah, no, they've won three straight twice. Yeah. They did it against uh, Northern Kentucky, and then they were Mississippi State champs beating Mm -hmm. uh, Mississippi State and regular Mississippi. That's right. And then they beat Davidson, Duquesne, and GW. So they've had two three-game win streaks this year. So they're they're now in a position, if you want to go to the NCAA tournament, which has been the stated goal of this program since, you know, uh, Anthony has said it many times. Archie said it countless times before him. The goal is NCAA tournament every year, right? So they're in a position where to be able to get that goal, they've got to do something they've only done twice this year, and it, they've seldom done this year. We, we talked about all season how this has been an up-and-down Dayton team. Uh, but you take the first step. You know, you, you can't win three straight without no. taking care of business today. Absolutely not. And like I said, Rody, tis the Rams have had their number this year. They got absolutely smoked at the Siegel Center uh, earlier this year. And the home game that was bumped up several weeks because of some COVID shuffling right. really didn't go a whole lot better. No, it did not. Right. That one was 76-67 uh, back in uh, that was uh, early February on February 9th. So, but we'll see. And, and the Rams are at their home floor. It's it's a de facto sort of game for VCU because it's being played at the Siegel Center, but it's also the postseason. It's got a totally different feel. It's supposed to be a quote-unquote neutral environment for the Rams. There's not many fans at all that are being let in the Siegel Center, so we'll see how it goes. But Dayton with a nice performance right now, 84-72, the 12-point win. Gets the Dayton Flyers. That next date with the VCU Rams tomorrow, it is definitely March. What does head coach Anthony Grant think about this one? Surviving and advancing? You're about to find out. He's live on the other side of this break with his thoughts on this one with Larry Hansgen right here on the Home of the Flyers. WHIO Dayton. WHIO FM Pleasant Hill. A Cox Media Group station. Powered by Back to Business IT. Take care of your business. We'll take care of your IT. The home of the Flyers, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Larry Hanskin back in Richmond, Virginia, where the Dayton Flyers uh, win and advance in the Atlantic 10 uh, tournament, a victory over Rhode Island, 84-72, to uh, to set up a quarterfinal matchup tomorrow with VCU. We're joined by head coach Anthony Grant. And coach, a 12-point win on paper, but was this really a grinded-out possession-by-possession game? Well, you know, anytime. Um, you know, you're in the postseason. You gotta, you gotta be be willing and able to do whatever it takes to win. Um, you know, basketball is always a game of runs, and when you're playing a team, uh, you know, like Rhode Island, we know they they have the ability to go on runs. And so, uh, I thought, you know, the majority of the game, uh, you saw that. You saw each team, you know, we were able to get a run, and and uh, we were able to make more uh, more plays in the second half uh, to be able to get the victory. You know, Coach, you and I have talked so much about uh, the importance of trust in the development of, of a basketball team and this year's team, of course. Um, the trust you had in your young guys, the trust they had in themselves, the trust your veterans had in them, uh, boy, it really came to light uh, in the second half, do you think? Well, I thought we got great efforts across the board, you know, and you're going to need that, you know, playing in a, in a tournament like this where you've got to play on back-to-back days, uh, you know, uh, the bench, the depth is, is really important. And, and uh, you know, I think, um, you know, our guys have grown over the course of the year. Uh, and like we talk about, you know, it's just a matter of, of being able to understand every single day how important it is to try to develop a level of consistency so, so your teammates and everybody knows what to expect. So, um, you know, hopefully we're growing in that area. Tomorrow will be a different challenge. 
uh, playing VCU here at home. If he wants in a, a big ball game, shooting the ball for you, and he, he is such an elite shooter, but how important was it that your actions that got him shots and then guys looking to get him the ball when they realized he's on? Well, that, that's a part of the game, you know, and uh, Ibby did a great job of, of making himself available. The guys did a good job of executing and creating opportunities. Um, you know, so, yeah, that's, that's a part of it. We, we, we certainly uh, or we feel like Ibby's shown the ability to do that throughout the year. Well, Coach, you've got a, a short turnaround, a busy uh, evening and, and late night ahead of you, but you know what? It beats packing. There you go. There you go. Appreciate it. All right, Coach, we'll let you go. Again, uh, Dayton and VCU tomorrow at 3.30. Again, and uh, pregame coverage will begin right here at 3. On behalf of Keith Wallace-Kowski, I'm Larry Hanskin. Again, our final in the second round of the A-10 tournament, Dayton 84, Rhode Island 72. Now stick around. John and John have more of Flyer Feedback. The home of the Flyers, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Dayton's News and Talk. The Bud Light Post Game Show on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Brought to you by Bud Light, America's favorite light lager. Premier Health, proud to be the official health care provider for UD Athletics. Learn more at premierhealth.com slash sportsmed. Frickers, for over 30 years, has been the home of fun, food, sports, and spirits. CareSource, with health insurance from CareSource, you're covered in kindness. Vandalia Blacktop and Seal Coating. Make your parking lot look great again. Go to VandaliaBlacktop.com to see how. And by Logan AC and Heat Services, the official heating and cooling partner of the UD Flyers. Helping fans stay comfortable all season long. The Bud Light Post Game Show on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Dayton's News and Talk. University of Dayton Basketball is a presentation of 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. The announcers for today's game were chosen in conjunction with the University of Dayton. You're listening to Flyer Feedback on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Dayton's News and Talk. Call with your questions and comments now. 457-1290. Flyer Feedback on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Hey, everybody. The Dayton Flyers have now won two in a row. We win one tomorrow. That's called a winning streak. It has happened before. So let's see some hustle. Let's jack it up a little. I got a feeling things are about to turn around for us. Well, maybe. If if we know anything about this Dayton team, they could fall flat on their faces at any moment Mm -hmm. because it's been that way all season, and this VCU Rams team has had their number all season. But we'll see. For now, we're celebrating a Dayton win, 84-72. Dayton Downs, Rhode Island, the Rhode Island Rams, so the Flyers win the rubber match. These two teams had split the season series up in two tonight. Anthony Grant and company get to 14-8, and eight, and they are surviving and advancing, and they will play at exactly the same time tomorrow they did today. They will get a, re- they will get a, a rematch with the Rams, this time the VCU version. 3.30 tip tomorrow at the Siegel Center, which means our coverage starts at 3 with the Bud Light pregame show. Tiz, as we mentioned, uh, Ibby Watson, a walking bucket, 25 points. Jalen Crutcher with 14, and your freshmen, your young guns, combined for 39. Mustafa Amzi with 14, Zimwa Keji with 9, Kobe Brea with 8, RJ Blakeney with 8. Also, a uh, gentleman pointed out on Twitter, forget the points scored. Well, I'm not sure that's a great idea, but he believed that the defense won the game. Yes, uh, they did 
tizzy when they switched to that zone defense. That was really confusing for this Rams team, and, and Rody really seemed to struggle once they switched to zone. Between that and Dayton going on the 8-0 run to close the first half, that was kind of where it, it flipped a little bit, yeah. and they looked a lot more crisp in the second half uh, than they did for stretches of the first frame. And, you know, they ended up ended up putting them away by 12 here this afternoon. Yeah, absolutely. And just uh, I'll go back a little bit to one of the points in this game in which Rhode Island makes a three and they lead. Uh, they cut the lead to 56-55. This was at about the 11-15 mark. And then Zimmy M. Wokeji makes a three-point play and it's 59-55. Then they go 61 61- 55 on a putback by Jordy Chamunga. And then uh, I th- think that's at the point when Alan Bertrand got hurt. And l- let's hope it's not serious because Dwayne Cohill tweeted out, you know, giving out, sending out best wishes to Alan Bertrand. But I saw the drive baseline, John. That did not look good. I, I just, I hope he hyperextended it. Or, or I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not wishing for any injuries to anybody. But I just, that did not look good because when they carried him off, as Larry and Keith were describing it, it was not good at all. Um, and then Kobe Brea, John, he's played his best two games of the year. I thought he played well against St. Bonaventure. This was his best game of the year by far. Eight points, six rebounds. He buries a three, puts it up 64-55 at that point. And then Amzeel with the putback, second chance layup to go at 66-56, up 10 with about seven and a half minutes to go. And just for me, the Flyers just really never really seemed to look back right at that point when Rhode Island cut it to 56-55. Dayton had the answer. I just thought that point right there where they scored eight unanswered to go up 64-55, that was the nail in the coffin against the shorthanded roadie team. Yeah, it's John Bedell and John Tisdale here with you for Flyer Feedback, which is sponsored by Flanagan's Pub and Bud Light. And we're going to be here until 7, until Todd comes in for his show. So we got Flyer Feedback all the way until the top of the hour here on WHIO Radio. You can jump into my mentions at WHIO, or you can call us up at 937-457-1290 with your comments and questions and liquid magma hot takes about this Dayton win and this Dayton season as a whole. Uh, I have no idea what to expect going forward, Tizzy. I... Uh, yeah. I just don't know. I, I, I would like to think they could get hot um, and, and beat VCU tomorrow, but also, it's it's a as we've seen twice already, you don't need to see any more of this VCU team and this Dayton team together to realize that VCU is just a bad matchup for them. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you never know. I, I, I've seen crazier things than them upsetting VCU, uh, even, at, even at home, quote-unquote. Uh, you know, I know it's supposed to be a neutral environment, but it's in their home gym. We'll see. I mean, now that you're there, as we talked about, you might as well go try and win. I mean, heck, just win three straight and get yourself a home game for an auto bid because as we've known for weeks, weeks, because of the awful losses this team, like they've, Mike Mike Purvis and I were talking about this yesterday. This Dayton team has stepped on just about every landmine that's been in front of them on their schedule this year. Uh, We've known for weeks this is either an auto bid or no NCAA tournament at all team in the Dayton Flyers. So you might as well go win three straight. Get yourself a home game in the A-10 final eight days from Saturday and see what happens, right? Yeah. I mean, let's see. Uh, but, you know, it's it, it was good today because I thought this was a Dayton team that was also fully capable of just going out and just getting dismantled by this roadie team. Yeah. Because that's just the kind of season it's been for Dayton. The thing is with this team, I mean, we, we, you and I have talked about this. Look, this is auto bitter bust. Um, you got to win three games in three days, and then you host the title game on Sunday, March 14th on Selection Sunday at 1 o'clock. But look, this team is either very high or they're very low. There's no in between with this team. 
Dayton is now five and five against teams with a record below five hundred. And I mean, I talked about this with with Mike before. This was after the St. Joe's game. It's like the first five ten minutes are going to determine the fate of this team. Uh, if they're within single digits, that means they're locked in. But if they're down within double digits, it's going to be a long two hours. Uh, there's just no in between with this team. Uh, it's just it's been a roller coaster job with this team all all year. But it but when they're locked in. They look good. Well, that's the thing. And that, that's, that, to me, is what has been, of all the maddening things this Dayton team has done uh, from November up until now as we have finally hit March, is that when they are at their best, when they're right, I, and I know other Dayton fans believe this because you can see it, Tiz, they're just better than literally everybody else in this league when they're right this year. Even after losing Obi and Mike Sell and Landers, when this Dayton team is right, when we've seen them play their best ball, their best brand of basketball is better than anybody else in this league. The problem is they have come nowhere close to being anything resembling consistent this year at all. They've been up, they've been down. They've Their biggest problem is they have played down to just about every awful program historically and this year on the micro level, like the St. Joseph's of the world, uh, the LaSalle's, the Fordham's, uh, all these different games they've had, blown the 18-point lead against Rody last time. Uh, and you just have never known what to expect from them. I want to read a tweet from our, our friend and coworker Mike Purvis here on Flyer Feedback where uh, I, had, I had talked about that, you know, hey, uh, it's it's Dayton and Rhode Island take three in the A-10 tournament. And this Flyers team has been a total crapshoot all year. What can we expect today? And it's just a, uh, I don't know, kind of gif. And uh, I tweeted that that was the answer that Michael Never Nervous Purvis and I had come up with yesterday after much discussion over some pizza. And Mike tweeted, could this season end in a whimper and a loss today? Yep. Could UD make some noise and stick around until Saturday? Maybe. De facto home game next Sunday? Sure, why not? Stay tuned, no matter how the next three days play out. I know. It's just like, you know, you just have no idea how to gauge yeah. this Dayton team and what they're going to do. But today we saw, you know, the pendulum swing back towards, you know, th- like we mentioned, this is two in a row now. You beat a good Bonnie's team on Monday that's living their life on the bubble. You can't tell me that game didn't mean anything to Mark Schmidt and company because they did not want a quad three loss on their resume mm-hmm. now that the calendar has turned to March. By the way, somebody told me a few weeks ago this was going to be a four-bid league. I got news for you guys at home. This is not a four-bid league. Uh-uh. <laughs> in, uh-uh. in fact, if the bracket shakes out in certain particular ways tomorrow, uh, you got a one-bid league walking through this door. I, I, I am thinking now, John, this is going to be a one-team league. If I VCU mean, and, well, I don't know. I shouldn't say, yeah. I, I, tomorrow's going to determine. Whew. I still think they'll get two. I do, too. Three's the ceiling, well, but... Four is not going to happen. I just I got news for no. you guys. Richmond, they're out Richmond's of the picture gone. now. After Richmond's oh god, gone. dude, they went. I was watching that game earlier today when my son was taking a nap. Yeah. Oh my god, Tiz, the spiders. Mm. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I don't know if people realize this, but when you're li- living life near the cut line in March, I don't think people realize it is less than ideal. It's not advised to go the the last I don't know nine and a half minutes of a game without a field goal. No. Not advisable. And, uh, Not what I would have told Richmond, yeah. the Richmond Spiders and Chris Moody and company exactly. today. Oh, look, la- last minute before we go to break. Look, throw out the records. The records don't matter. You know, it's about which team 
is best for 40 minutes. I was about to say something else about the records, but I'm glad I stopped myself. But look, it's about surviving advances. The late Jim Valvano said, how many times did he say that? You win, you move on, you lose, you go home. Season's over. Pure and simple. It comes down to which team is the best for 40 minutes, maybe more, and that mindset is simple. You keep battling until the clock hits double zeros and the buzzer sounds, and then you have more points than the other opponent. And that really is the bottom line. You look for a lot of these teams. And look, we'll get into this more as the rest of the program goes. With everything that's gone on, obviously, with the pandemic, but there's a lot on the line with these tournaments this year. Ask Wright State. You know, a double-digit lead in the oh, last yeah. part. That you got to keep going until the buzzer sounds. And I give Dayton credit. They never let up tonight and or late this afternoon. And that's why they won this basketball game. Now, what's going to happen when they play VCU coming up? Less than 24 hours from now, will we be talking about a win? Time will tell. We'll see. There's a lot to do for Anthony Grant and his staff and this team to get ready for this quick 24-hour turnaround. But as Larry Hanskin mentioned live in his post-game comments with head coach Anthony Grant, Tizzy, it sure beats packing. Dayton a winner tonight, mm-hmm. 84-72. More of Flyer feedback on the other side of this break right here on the home of the Flyers. This is Flyer Feedback, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Dayton's News and Talk. You're listening to Flyer Feedback on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Dayton's News and Talk. Call with your questions and comments now. 457-1290. Flyer Feedback on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Hey, everybody. Welcome back into the party booth. It's John Vidal, John Tisdale, and you here for Flyer Feedback. It was Dayton and Rhode Island. The rubber match. These two teams split the season series in the regular season. Dayton won 67-56 back on February 9th at UD Arena. You might remember that Rhodey won that game, the the return game at the Ryan Center, 91-89 in overtime on February 16th. That, of course, was after the Flyers blew that 18-point lead with less than 10 minutes to go. And now that we have turned the calendar to March, John Tisdale. Playoffs, baby! Playoffs! Oh, I've missed that. Dayton sends the Rams packing it, and they're going home. So, Rich, uh, no, Richmond, that's the Rams we're playing tomorrow. Too mm-hmm. many Rams in this league. I know. Uh, Rhodey is going home to Kingston. Dayton is staying put uh, in Richmond, and they'll get the Rams of VCU tomorrow in their home uh, oversized high school gymnasium-type arena. 84-72 the final. Dayton a 12-point winner, and they will get again a third match, Tiz, with VCU, and we'll see... Uh, how Anthony Grant and company handle Mike Rhodes and company tomorrow, as we've seen so far this year. Uh, VCU, we know, not a great matchup for this Dayton team. The Rams have had the Flyers numbers both times they've yeah. played this year. Uh, the first one was not pretty at all. I mean, that was the first sort of holy you-know-what moments, one of oh, them early on in the season, because yeah. it uh, did it came on the heels of not long after the Fordham game. Yeah. Four games later, they lost 66-43 in a game that wasn't even that close. And then, obviously, they were supposed to play VCU uh, this week on March, mm-hmm. actually yesterday, March right. 3rd, but they got bumped way up with COVID. And the Flyers also lost 76-67, the Palindrome game, in that rivalry yeah. uh, back in uh, last month in February. So, But, you know, we've turned the page, Tiz, and this is a Dayton team that is now fighting for its postseason life because we know that they've got to punch their ticket automatically to have yeah uh to get to the NCAA tournament and with the NIT if they even play it there's been reports out that it'll be 
halved that it'll be 16 teams yeah. in, in, in not invited tournament as opposed to 32. So yeah. uh, if it was a 16-team field, I'm not even sure Dayton would, would no. make the cut in the NIT and, at this point. Yeah, and from what Larry said, I think, in a call this week, I think it's going to be likely – it's going to be the automatic qualifiers, which means – you're in the ACC, Big East, Big Ten, and you'll make the NCAA tournament. You're likely going to get him. But look, I mean, for one thing that could be an issue, we may need to keep an eye on it. I think Bones Highland, remember, he got hurt in the George Mason Correct. game with a foot injury. Uh, he's still listed as day to day. I will make a prediction he will play tomorrow. And look, it wasn't just Bones Highland that gave Dayton issues in that second game, they could not miss from the outside. Um, that was the thing because it was really the last four minutes of both halves that hurt Dayton in that game because that game was really winnable because VCU had the won the last four minutes, but then it was back and forth. You know, Dayton couldn't get over the hump. This was one of those games, oh, Dayton's going to take control, and then all of a sudden the bottom falls out, especially that last four minutes of, re- of the second half. That was the one, Tizzy, I remember you and I doing the show because I believe, I want to say Brooks called that game with Larry because yep. I remember the frustration of that night thinking that they had – it was like it was almost it was equally frustrating, but in a different way than the last time they played. Because yeah. when they went to Richmond, I mean, I, Dayton got that, boat raced. That thing wasn't even close from oh, the yeah. gun. Uh, that was the thirteen point half at VCU, mm-hmm. which was just oh my gosh, boy, was that hard to watch. But then <sighs> yeah. the other side of the spectrum, the second time they played, was it was wildly difficult to watch because mm-hmm. it wasn't like they just got blowed out and you could see the blowout from the moon. It was like. This one, they blew literally every single chance they had to win that game. They pulled it within. They got it to with one. They got it they to did. within they one possession within one. late, and then it was like this just get comedy of errors that led to a six-point hole, just like that. And then it was they they just couldn't recover and they lost. But as you mentioned, it, it's a totally different environment now that yeah. we've gotten to March. Now that it's winter, go home time, and who knows? Is this Dayton team starting to find itself? I don't know. We've thought that at various points throughout the year, but we'll see. So it's John Tisdale and John Bedell here with you for Flyer feedback. Uh, the epidemic of horrible, no good, very bad Atlantic 10 television, oh color, and play-by-play commentating <laughs> continues. More on that after the break right here on the Home of the Flyers. This is Flyer Feedback, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. You're listening to Flyer Feedback on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Call with your questions and comments now. 457-1290. Flyer Feedback on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Hey everybody, welcome back to Flyer Feedback. It's John Bedell and John Tisdale here with you for Flyer Feedback, which is brought to you by, sponsored by, Flanagan's Pub and Bud Light. And Flanagan's on Stewart Street is now hiring. They're currently finished with upgrades to create that same Flyer faithful experience you've grown accustomed to since 1976. Want to join the team? Apply at flanagansdayton at gmail.com. I should mention that our friends over at Flannies are now open once again after uh, wrapping up those uh, renovations after being now tizzy under new ownership. So we look forward to a day when we can get back to Flanagans. It's not Absolutely. right now with COVID, but uh, we do thank them for their support here all season long here on Flyer Feedback, even though we cannot be over at the best bar in town like usual after uh, Dayton uh, home games. Dayton 84, Rhode Island 72. The Flyers win the rubber match, and the 12-point victory gets them a third date with the VCU Rams tomorrow, again at 3.30, again at the Siegel Center, against Mike Schmidt and company, and we will see 
how that goes. Tizzy, the final eight in the A-10 is shaken down like uh, as such so far. Tomorrow, it'll be St. Bonaventure and the Duquesne Dukes after the Dukes won an ugly game against the Richmond Spiders. The oh, yeah. Spiders like to play finesse and mm-hmm. pace and space with that Richmond offense, yep. or the mm-hmm. Princeton offense. Duquesne likes to just slow it down and grind it to a halt and make it ugly. Yeah. It's a tough brand of basketball to watch, but they got it done. So it's the Bonnies and the Dukes tomorrow. It'll be UMass and St. Louis uh, will be the afternoon, the, the late afternoon game, early afternoon game, excuse me. And then tomorrow it's VCU and Dayton. And then TBA still, it'll be Davidson versus the winner of this battle between the A-10 Georges. It's Mason and Washington going at it right now in Richmond at the Robbins Center. And the winner of that game will get the Davidson Wildcats. Uh, so Bonnie's, St. Louis, VCU, and Davidson all earn themselves the double buys with the top four seeds. Uh, and we will see how that shakes out, and and how many bids this team will get come Selection Sunday. Different format, as we know. They bumped the tournament up this week through at a run yesterday, so Wednesday through Saturday uh, at the Robbins slash Siegel Centers in Richmond, and then there will be eight days off for the two teams that win the semifinal matchups on Saturday. They'll have more than a week off until the A-10 title game, which will be here in Dayton at UD Arena on March 14th on Selection Sunday. So... Obviously, we know that's been done because of COVID, Tizzy. These teams will get an eight-day pause. They'll be able to isolate and test and all these things. And then once you're in Dayton, clear as day, the A-10 is doing this to protect their league interest in terms of the NCAA tournament because the entire big dance is being played in the state of Indiana. And Dayton is by far the closest institution. I mean, you're two hours from Indy, Mm -hmm. uh, Indianapolis, and who knows where the A-10, you know, the auto bid will have to go, but probably not within, you know, more of more than a two and a half hour drive from Dayton. No, not so. not at all. I mean, it, look, they're doing things differently this year, folks, but you know what? What what would happen if let's say if Dayton had lost this game, I'm not gonna be negative nilly here. But what if they did and would just what regret would you have? But but you know what? We don't have to think that because Dayton won today. But you know what? I mean there's just anything just can happen at this time of the this time of year. We've talked about this over the years. Um, look, this is Dayton's first Atlantic 10 tournament win since 2016. Um, and they likely, would they have broken it last year? Would they have broken that slump if they played last year? I'm going to say probably, but look, we don't want to go, go back to that. But I think back into this game, here's what impressed me the most. You're starting to see the game finally slow down for these freshmen. I thought Kobe Brea, yeah. I thought, was magnificent. How about that he was in over Elijah Weaver? Because I don't know. I didn't get a chance to watch much of it, John, because I'm, I'm, I'm in the master control. But it sounded like Elijah Weaver was struggling a little bit. And I, I hope he comes out and I hope he b- bounces back because usually the yeah, way, way the Flyers have been this year, John, they bounce back after a bad game, and usually the players come back and they play real well. Hopefully that happens for Elijah. But I thought Kobe was terrific and Mulcahy was solid. R.J. Blakeney played well, started 2-0 two, two as a starter, and Omzeal played well. I think he's my leading candidate for A-10 Rookie of the Year, 14 points and 19 minutes off the bench. And the other thing, 19 assists, only nine turnovers. And eight of those turnovers came in the first half. So they really took care of the ball in the second half. And this is a Dayton team that, as we know, has struggled mightily with turning over the ball. All right. It's been a little more than two months since Festivus, but I got some grievances to air. Go for it. I got problems with you people on the TV calls of 810 games. Okay, we've talked about how there was guys earlier this year that said things like, well, you never know, this might be a six-bid league. False. Today, here are two things I heard on NBC Sports Network. Uh, 
Jory Shimanga really reminds me really reminds me of Grant Golden. Huh? I mean, <laughs> do your homework, my man. Those two guys <laughs> could not be more different mm-hmm. in their style of ball. The other thing I heard was, and this is a real thing that was uttered on NBC Sports Network, watch out for the St. Joe's Hawks. Suddenly the hottest team in the A-10. Yeah, that five-win juggernaut. Watch out for them. <laughs> they lost by 34 today. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we got ourselves, we got a second epidemic going on, and it's the uh-huh. kind of guys they're finding to call oh. these A-10 teams, yeah, these A-10 games. I mean, my God, like just come on. Just do your homework. Would it kill you to read up on the league a little bit if you're not going to be on the beat? Come on. Do we have to start calling back the A-10 network like they were back when I was in college? Watch do out we? for that five-win Hawks team. They might well, be suddenly not well, terrible all of a sudden. Listen, all of a sudden. You know what? UMass looks really good, uh, by the way. I will say that. Trey Mitchell is a hell of a player. <laughs> Dayton did not play them because UMass had their own COVID issues, not just in the athletic department, but throughout the school because they, they couldn't play for two weeks. <laughs> And UMass went into Kingston, Rhode Island, and blew them out without Trey Mitchell. UMass is one team that you do not want to play. It may be when they play SLU tomorrow, Johnny, the first team to 50 may win. Or the first team to 40. Who knows? But we'll we'll find out. But look, in terms of the A-10 television, like, like you said, it's disappointing. Because just some of these announcers were just... It's guys on national networks who don't cover the league a no. lot, and that's fine. But there's that. there's certain networks that do a better job. I think CBS Sports I think they does do a, a pretty good job. pretty good job with the A10. But man, when these games are on ESPN and such, it's just like these guys don't even bother to look no, at the league. They don't. When you say things like they it's don't. a six bid league, or yeah, that's boy, what... boy, Jordy Schumacher really reminds me of Grant, <laughs> of Grant Golden. Golden. Oh, Grant Golden's <laughs> a nice player. Has had a good career for Richmond. I mean, look, we didn't play uh, Dayton didn't play Richmond because again. <laughs> But I mean, come on! I mean, just you know what? This is this is the this is a10 tournament. Step your game up a little bit. Yeah, like I said, when you, when you do things like my, my biggest problem a few weeks ago was was when you say things like, "Well, you never know. There could be as many as six teams mm-hmm. from this league to make the tournament." That is uh, either no. being disingenuous or mm-hmm. painfully misinformed about the strength of the league. And exactly. I said a few weeks ago, and I still uh, make the argument now that is insulting to your audience. Either one is insulting, but. Uh, so that was the airing of grievances. Stick around later for feats of strength. <laughs> there you go. Uh, here for the March yes. edition of Festivus. There but, you know, Dayton winner, 84-72. And, uh, you know, Ibby Watson, Tiz, just he's had some not-so-great games this year. He's been he's been up and down. But for the most part, this was like vintage Ibby Watson where he is just a walking bucket. He was on fire today. He leads all scores with 25. Jalen Crutcher with a very quiet for Jalen Crutcher. 14 points, and I was just really impressed with the young guns, Tiz. You mentioned that this game is really starting to slow down for these young guys. It seems like this game has slowed down with rare exception for Mustafa Amziel from the jump. This kid just has a basketball IQ that's off the charts. Absolutely. uh, Before he even hit the floor against LaSalle. I believe it was the LaSalle game. That was. Anthony had told us, and his teammates had too, a member, Crutcher and... uh, Weaver telling us this in the Zoom session uh, right after his first practice, which was, holy cow, this kid picks up stuff fast. Like, he is really picking up what we're laying down in practice. He really seems to fit into this system, and he's understanding and being able to apply it very quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so Moose has has really kind of, you know, 
Mustafa has really kind of picked it up from day one. But now you really start to see the game slowing down for Zim and Kobe Brea and R.J. Blakeney Tiz. He really, I know, has oh, impressed you a lot. As absolutely. we as we continue to go down the tracks and they get more and more playing time, now you're really starting to see the dividends of all the work that they've put in uh, over the last several weeks now since they've been you know thrust into this rotation with uh, just being young guys and having to earn Anthony and the trust of Anthony and his staff. Right. Because we know with Anthony, like a lot of head coaches, if you don't have his trust, you're not playing. He's That's not exactly going right. Anthony Grant is not going to come to you and beg you for minutes. No, not at all. And really, neither coach is really going to do that across across the country. But look, RJ just he brings that energy. I'm not sure what it was, and you know he was banged up for for, for a few games. He did not play in the LaSalle game. Did not play in the Fordham game. And look. If he plays in those games, does Dayton win those two? Look, we're never going to know, and I and I don't want to go back go back and forth on that. But look, Ibby Watson, I think missed like his first few shots, and then all of a sudden that four point play, what he it's sort of like the bell went off almost. It's like okay, let's go. Then he had a great highlight dunk uh, that 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 ranked pretty high on the Thrush and Sons dump meter, and Zimmy M. Mulcahy had a nice dunk. But it, the thing I liked about it again. I just like to see the 19 assists. Rodney Chapman with seven assists. You know, he's starting to get back into game mode uh, after missing some time because uh, it, it took him a little bit because he came back. When, John, did he come back? Was it the St. Joe's game? We, he played his first action, I think. Who? At Rodney Chapman. Yeah, Chap played. I believe it was the St. Joe's game when he came back. No, I think he played before that, Tiz. Let me check the slew box score. I don't think Because he, he came slew. back. Yeah, he played in the St. Louis game. He played in the return game against St. Louis. He had nine points in that one. Rody, it was Rody. He came back in. I, I, correct. Yeah, because correct. we know he I, went I off against uh, Fats Russell. It wasn't enough. But yeah, he it came, was back, came uh, back. Day short of my, my apologies. He was four weeks short of, uh, or a day short of six weeks for the surgery because yeah. he was going right. to be out six to eight weeks, and he came back just at the six exactly. week mark. Exactly. So it was Rody. He came back, and he's starting to get he's starting to get back into game shape. So you add those three guards. If you can get consistency out of that four, out of that number four position, and you got Jordy over there, number five, Jordy just needs to grab rebounds. I mean, you get any scoring from him, that's a, that's a plus. And look, you know with VCU, you know what they're going to do. They're going to try to turn the basketball over, and they just got to take care of the basketball, and they got to figure out a way to get the ball in the basket. It sounds like a simple thing, but it's not not with this VCU defense. And then VCU just really hurt them from the outside in the. Uh, in the second game at over at the UD Arena, because Dayton led for much of that first half in that in that second game, but we'll find out as uh, the Flyers take care of business, knocking off the Rhode Island Rams, eighty-four to seventy-two in the uh, second round of the Atlantic Ten tournament. Yeah, surviving advance. Dayton's moving on for a third matchup with the VCU Rams tomorrow in the quarterfinals of the Atlantic Ten tournament in Richmond, Virginia. It's John Tisdale and John Bedell here with you for Flyer feedback, the home stretch of it after this break, right here. On the home of the Flyers. This is Flyer Feedback, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. You're listening to Flyer Feedback on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Call with your questions and comments now, 457-1290. Flyer Feedback on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Loose ball on the floor. Jordy's down there. Able to find Chapman in. Flyers have numbers. Ibby to the rim. Finishes with a slam. And that is an eight on the Russian Suns dunk meter. Wow. Oh, man. Everything about that play from Jordy diving on the ball 
on the defensive end to come up with it and knock Fats away from it. And then Ibby just a great run. And Oh, that's right. You're going to need a cigarette after watching oh, that dunk from Ibby Watson. Was it was poetry because mm. starting with uh, the hustle play from Jordy Shimanga, who yep. does not remind me of Grant Golden, <laughs> getting the ball on the deck and then having the presence of mind, Tiz, to be able to get a hold of it without yeah. rolling or anything to avoid mm-hmm. the travel. He throws it ahead, bounces it in the paint uh, to Rodney Chapman. Chat starts to break. Boom. Ahead to uh, Ibby, and he just ended a kid's career at Richmond and put the poor kid on a poster. It was one of those stand-up-off-the-couch moments it was oh, yeah. for me at home because it was a thing of beauty, and we mm-hmm. should give Jordy Shimanga the hockey assist uh, for that one because it was an absolute <laughs> yeah. uh, hustle play that started just a gorgeous kind of chef's kiss kind of break that just... <laughs> Oh, that dunk was a thing of beauty, and man alive, Tizzy did Ibby elevate on that thing oh, boy, and just Danny. threw it down in the kid's face. Oh, that was nice. Oh, I mean, listen, what have we we talked about this throughout the show? I mean, there are times that Ibby we we look, Ibby can take off. I mean, he is he showed it at times last year. Yeah, you John don't see Mowry. it much. You don't, you don't see it much. He's he, he's usually a finesse shooter, but he can he can get up. He'll he throw can, it down. He can sky. I mean, when when Ibby is going. The Flyers are a dangerous team. They are a very dangerous team, as we saw today. And he got 25 points on 34 minutes. Crutcher, 14 points. He was 4 of 11. And he had 7 assists, too. I just I just noticed that now. Uh, Chapman with 7 assists. Rodney Chapman. And uh... Yeah, that good game. And it, this is a Dayton team that's hard to beat when you've got... Uh... When you've got Crutcher and Ibby both going the way they were going tonight, Ibby led all scores with 25, Jalen Crutcher with 14. This is a really difficult Dayton team to beat. That is that is uh, among, it's certainly for my yeah, money, the absolutely. best one-two. It's the best front court uh, in the league. There's mm-hmm. no doubt about that with Crutcher and Watson. It's yeah, an no experienced question. old front court, and they're really good. And then when you throw in 39 from your freshman, Amziel, Zimmy, Mwakeji, yeah. Brea, and Blakeney combining for 39, uh, that's going to be a hard Flyers team to beat. Now, what is going to be for this hard for this Flyers team is, I believe, getting by this VCU Rams team tomorrow. It's not because the Rams are some juggernaut, because they're not. Now, are they probably an at-large team? At this moment, depending on whose bracket you look at, yeah. Now, they're near the cut line. Lenardi's got them in his... I believe Lenardi has them in the first four at his latest bracket. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, this VCU team is playing for their at-large life. But keep in mind, Dayton's 0-2 against the Rams this year. Dayton is also 0-2 against VCU in the A-10 tournament. They have never beaten VCU in the A-10 tournament. Now, I would love nothing more, as I'm sure many of you would, Dayton fans, to end that streak and to tell that fan base to put that in their pipe and smoke oh, absolutely. it. absolutely. And just, to, you know what, send them to the NIT. That would be nice. But uh, <laughs> Yeah, because if you beat the Rams tomorrow, Tiz, you probably put an end to their at-large hopes. Look, I mean... Or it, if, would do some, it would do some damage. I mean, it really would. If, if Dayton beats VCU tomorrow... Mike Rhodes and company are really sweating it out on oh, Selection Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. And about, look, in, in the last minute that we got, look, the thing that's concerning about the Atlantic 10, and we talked about this, is the Atlantic 10 as bad as it was maybe three, four, two, three years ago? Oh, no. No, no it's not better at than all. that. But it's better than that. The problem is, is John Rodstein has tweeted out, they're cannibalizing each other. They're beating each other up because there isn't a whole lot of separation with these teams. We haven't talked about Davidson yet. Davidson is quietly put together. They're quietly the number three seed, and no one's talked about them. UMass is quietly the five seed. They, I mean, look, they looked good today. They were playing St. Joe's because they used their size. And they manhandled them, and that that was the case this afternoon. But look, VCU offensively, 
in the first game, John, I wasn't impressed with them. I was impressed with them in the second game. But look, we know the defense. We know it's Bones Highland. That he makes their offense go, but if he's limited, that could be an issue. And here's the other thing. We've said this so many times over the years. It is so hard to beat the same opponent three times. The question is, can Dayton upset them and possibly send VCU maybe end their at-large bid? We're going to find out at about uh, three th- between 3.30 and 5.30, and who knows, they may be playing it for a while there. We'll know this time tomorrow. We'll see if Bones Highland is back from that foot sprain. So yep. one more time, Dayton winner, 84-72. We will see you on the radio tomorrow. Our next game is tomorrow. The uh, The Bud Light pregame show starts at 3. Larry and former Flyer and UD Hall of Famer Keith Walskowski will have the call at 3.30 as we get VCU and Dayton Partois for this season. So we will see you on the radio tomorrow afternoon, Flyers fans. Until then, I'm John Tisdale. And I'm John Bedell saying thanks for listening, everybody. Stay well and go Go Flyers. WHIO Dayton. WHIO FM Pleasant Hill. A Cox Media Group station. Powered by Back to Business IT. Take care of your business. We'll take care of your IT.